This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 10, Episode 1, Aftermath. Let's start it off with some announcements. We are in Series 10. It's happened after a short hiatus. Uh, we have finally returned to the air and we are super excited to play the system that you, the listeners, voted in for Series 10. We're here to play Blades in the Dark, everybody. But uh, Series 10 does come with a, a couple caveats. Due to complications with scheduling this cast, we are unable to maintain a recording schedule that allows us to release episodes weekly. So Series 10 will have a bi-weekly release schedule. That means Episode 1 is this week, and Episode 2 will air Tuesday, May 21st. We had to make the decision whether to extend the hiatus or extend the release schedule a little bit. And we were so excited to bring you guys Blades in the Dark that we decided that a bi-weekly release for Series 10 was the way to do it. So for the next 10 episodes, uh, we'll be coming to you every other week. And our other announcement for this episode is the tried and true episode one announcement of there's character art, everybody. <laughs> Lillian Dermeyer returning, uh, returning to deliver some very cool character art for Blades in the Dark in true Blades format. It is monochromatic. Uh, we have uh, wanted poster sketches for all of the characters in this series. It is on our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, and and our website on any social media platform, we are at Essential NPCs, and our website is www.essentialnpcs.com. Go check out this character art because it is fantastic. And that's actually all we have for announcements. So we are going to move in and talk about this system a little bit and give you a glimpse into where this campaign is starting. And what better person to tell you all that than the GM for Series 10? And that is the lovely Addie Gia here. Hi. <laughs> uh, so take it away, Addie. Tell us about Blades in the Dark and this campaign. Sure. So Blades in the Dark is a structured semi-narrative system that takes place in the industrial fantasy grimdark world of uh, the city of Duskfall. Back in the before times, uh, the world ended uh, and the gates of death were open and the sun broke apart and there's no daytime uh, and ghosts and ghouls and vampires and all kinds of strange creepy things are wandering around uh, the cities of the world. The survivors of the past apocalypse have uh, found ways to deal with these specters and other sort of haunted uh, world aspects. Um, and uh, but it's become a pretty hard place to live. Uh, the flavor of the world is mostly sort of pseudo Victorian steampunk with a with a dark twist to it. And the players uh 
play characters that are scoundrels, rapscallions, and denizens of the underworld uh, in Duskval, uh, sort of the capital city of the ended world, uh, and um, are trying to get their crew and move on up so they can live in relative luxury uh, compared to the squalor and uh, sadness of the general atmosphere. The crew does this by uh, completing scores, which might be anything from heists to uh, murders and kind of anything in between. Uh, it is all about the tactical advancement of their crew uh, to gain more territory, more reputation, and to make allies and minimize enemies. The score is actually the most structured part of the Blades in the Dark system. Uh, it is the part where uh, most of the roles happen and determines whether the crew succeeds or fails uh, in their short-term goals. But there's more to the system than just the score. Uh, any given game session is made up of three parts. There's the score, which we've kind of already gone over. Uh, downtime, which is kind of like the post-score mid-game narrative level up. Uh, and then there's free play and gathering intel, uh, which is where a lot of the story is fleshed out and the players can explore and experience the world that they are uh, living into the best of their ability. This sort of triple structure of every session allows the players a lot of um, agency and gives them a lot of responsibility. In free play especially, it's a lot of gathering information and finding, uh, deciding and finding what will best serve the crew's goals. Uh, and then after that, jumping directly into the score as soon as they find the thing that they want, but they have to struggle or work for. And that's sort of the action sequence of the session. There is an actual initiative, uh, but what there is, is um, there are some very cool uh, mechanics that allow the game to move forward without having established what has already happened, particularly in the score phase. Players are given access to flashbacks. It's sort of the we planned for this moment. Uh, and depending on how complex or difficult uh the, the task accomplished in the flashback might be uh, they'll take uh, they'll take some stress or have to roll to see if they actually were able to achieve whatever they've done in the past to prepare. Blades in the Dark uses a system that is a modified powered by the apocalypse system known as Forged in the Dark. All of this is achieved by rolling a pool of D6s based on the number of ranks that a character has in a given skill. Uh, they may be rolling anything from two D6s and taking the lowest to up to five or six dice, depending on their bonuses and skill ranks. Uh, and when they do that, uh, they roll all of their dice at once. And whatever the highest number on any one of their dices uh, dictates uh, if they fail, uh, which is a three or lower, have a partial success, which is a four or a five, or a success, which is a six. Occasionally, if they have a big enough pool, they might even roll two sixes, which is a critical. The Forged in the Dark system is a really innovative and uh, unique take on the Powered by the Apocalypse system. And while it has its differences, specifically in the dice rolling mechanics, uh, it also has a bunch of similarities, like 
playbooks. Uh, for those of you who have played Powered by the Apocalypse games before, like Dungeon World or Uncharted Worlds, like we did in Series 3, uh, you'll know that there are specific sort of classes that are given predetermined level-up abilities, uh, as well as some talents that only they'll be able to have access to. But another difference is, is that there's also a crew playbook, which is sort of your crew or your party's main sort of motivations and goals uh, represented in paper form. Uh, so a band of thieves would have a crew type of shadows, which are pretty much thieves. Uh, whereas uh, enforcers or uh, a street gang might have the Bravos playbook that allows them to get bonuses to um, intimidation or uh, feats of strength. Our crew in this campaign will be using the cult playbook. If you've listened to other series of essential NPCs, you may have actually already run into this cult uh, in series three and eight. Uh, it is, in fact, the Church of Many Tentacles. Once you guys all voted in uh, Blades in the Dark, it, there was pretty much no question that our group wanted to play a cult, and that is what they're doing. The cult that we'll be playing, uh, the Church of Many Tentacles, has four easy to remember tenants be a good neighbor help the elderly usher in the end times and recycle uh, and all of these tenants will come up one way or another over the course of these next 10 episodes in fact just before episode one the cult attempted a ritual to complete the third tenant but unfortunately something went terribly wrong they're not sure what uh, and most of their numbers were unfortunately uh, killed in the process as the action opens up we find the crew in the immediate aftermath the main park in charter hall which is a wealthy section of the city has been completely reduced to rubble and uh, everything is in a state of emergency how our cult will get out of uh, the trouble they've made for themselves only time will tell uh, and you'll have to listen to find out in this series we have a five player cast so in addition to Addy Gia who is acting as the GM this series uh, you have myself Tommy Cotton playing the character of Sister Morgan using the slide playbook which is the playbook that centers around social manipulation uh, as well as a, a couple of or as well as a little bit of a venture into the cutter playbook which is the playbook that revolves around uh, brawling and physical strength. We also have, returning to the podcast, Ryan Covert, who is playing the character of Brother Dub, using the playbook of The Leech, which is equal parts tinkerer and saboteur. Also returning to the podcast, we have Seth Lilly, who is playing the character of Brother Dirkman, using the playbook of The Hound, which is a sharpshooter, bounty hunter-esque uh, information gatherer. And then we have Dan Barron returning to the podcast. He is playing the character of Brother Theodore using the Spider playbook, which is the sort of mastermind, forward-thinking, uh, clever playbook, uh, which focuses on assisting your teammates using your wits. And then finally, we have Sean Four returning to the podcast, playing the character of Brother Gawk, 
using the Whisper playbook, which is all about spirit and ghost manipulation, a little bit of magic and rituals. Um, And he's also splashed a little bit into the Lurk playbook, which is all about stealth and subtlety. We're super excited to have this all-star cast uh, for you for Blades in the Dark. It's going to be a really interesting crew. You'll be able to hear the characters introduce themselves in the character intros, which are coming up shortly. There's one other primary mechanic in Blades in the Dark that I haven't covered yet, which is clocks. Uh, These are basically pie charts uh, or circles divided into equal sections that mark the progress of either the plot or some sort of situation that needs to be measured. A role or an action may tick a clock, filling one of the segments on a clock. And once a clock fills up, something happens. It might be good, like a long-term project is completed, or it might, might be bad, like you finally get noticed doing that bad thing that you shouldn't be doing. There are short-term clocks, things that pertain to only one scene, like lock picking, perhaps. Uh, Or there are, like I said before, long-term clocks that might be projects of some kind or uh, an attempt at acquisition of goods. As we take up the action, there are three clocks uh, active. There is a clock called Blue Coat Raid. It is a 12 clock, uh, which means it has 12 segments, but two of them are already ticked. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the system, Blue Coats are the law enforcement agency in Duskfall. uh, And uh, when that clock fills in, maybe we'll see some of them. The second clock is out of favors. It is an eight clock uh, with one segment already ticked. uh, So seven to go. And presumably they'll be out of favors when it fills up. And the final clock that is active as we start the campaign is called Evidence. Uh, This clock is unusual in that it doesn't have any ticks yet. It is a four clock uh, and it is what's called a recurring clock, which means it will never go away. And when it fills up, it will usually add to the other clocks around it. Most notably, the Blue Coat Raid. Over the course of the campaign, more clocks will inevitably show up, fill up, and have their uh, benefits and consequences conferred on the characters. Uh, And we will just have to see how that goes. There's plenty more to talk about when it comes to this system. uh, But what better way to learn about it than to experience it through listening to the actual play of this podcast? So, without further ado... Let's listen to Series 10, Episode 1, Aftermath. Enjoy! Hello, neighbor. I'm Brother Theodore. Growing up in Duskfall isn't easy for most, but I've been blessed to have a wonderful life in this nightmare city. Do you have a moment to talk about the Church of Many Tentacles? Our fantastic, legitimate religion has four easy-to-follow tenets that guide our path. We strive to be good neighbors, help the elderly, usher in the end times, and recycle. Using these goals as my compass, I was able to open my own cozy little tea shop in Six Towers. Radich's Tea and Tea Accessories is a great place for the community to find some respite from the endless darkness and daily horrors of the city. Our congregation has been meeting there while we make preparations for the church's most important ritual. 
After months of planning and gallons of tea, we were finally ready to summon Aralax, praise be their many tentacles, and let them recycle the world. Aralax arrived, bestowed their glorious destruction on the surrounding area, and then disappeared. Just like that. Most of our members were recycled. It was only through the grace of Aralax's many tentacles that I survived to continue our mission. I'll admit, I was very disappointed when we failed to usher in the end times, but it was a good first step. I'm rallying the surviving congregation, we're getting out of Duskfall, and we're figuring out our next steps. After all, starting over is just another term for recycling. Hi. They call me Brother Dub. They say one man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm fond of tinkering, and there's plenty of treasure to go around. It's amazing, some of the perfectly fine things people will throw out around Duskfall. It's ridiculous how offended they get when they find me in their dumpsters digging out their slightly damaged treasures. Even a broken thing can be remade, and that's what I specialize in. But it's gotten me into trouble. Sometimes I get so excited I forget to tell people I've improved their treasures, and they don't like that. But that was all before I met Brother Theodore. You see, the Church of Many Tentacles admires my abilities to recycle what I find. It's one of their main pillars of their belief. And for the first time, I, I feel accepted. Now I have purpose, and I can finally make a difference with my talents. Recycling for the greater good. At first, I wasn't entirely sold on the end of the world part. But Brother Theodore kept telling me that the world is just a bigger treasure that needs recycling. And I specialize in recycling. My name is Brother Gawk, and I've never been the luckiest guy. The people at the orphanage used to say I got left on every doorstep in Six Towers. As a kid, I wound up in a gang of street urchins pilfering coins, secrets, and ghostly echoes for the reclusive vampire Lord Skurlock. But no one stays at Ragamuffin forever. <laughs> Eventually, I aged out of gutter sniping and had to go into the pickpocket business on my own. It turned out I had also aged out of not getting beaten half to death when I got caught. <laughs> Until I met Brother Theodore. I was red-handed, but he was just nice to me. He invited me to his shop, gave me some tea, and introduced me to the Church of Many Tentacles. When I was initiated as assistant ritualist, everything felt perfectly set up to give this horrible world the ending it deserved. So how did it all go so wrong? Brother Dirkman. Hi. Look, this won't take long, will it? Okay. I got involved with the church after I fell out with the Abyssal Legionnaires. You know, the hired guns they use on the Leviathan Hunters. They taught me to shoot, I guess. I don't know. The finer points, maybe. It seems to me it's a skill you're born with, but maybe that's just because I'm so fucking good. Whatever. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time beyond the lightning fence. A lot of time. Deathlands will fuck you up. 
They should have been consumed in the almighty maw of Aralax, you know, just like everything else. I am so pissed that ritual went wrong. <sighs> oh, this, oh, this is Admiral Quibbles. She was Vice Admiral until just this morning. She's worked so hard, she's earned it. I'm just kidding. I know pigeons don't have military ranks that we know of. Anyway, yeah, uh, before that, I was just a powder boy, and before that, I was a chimney sweep. Just a bunch of dingy, tiny, sooty places. So yeah, you know, that's why I'm so goddamn cheery all the time. We done? We're done. Well, hello. My name is Morgan. Or Sister Morgan, if you want to be proper. If you've ever found yourself in one of the many underground poker halls in Duskfall, you might just recognize me. I have an easy face to remember, after all, seeing as my Tykerosi heritage has left me with this beautiful ash-gray skin and striking red eyes. Now I've always had a bit of the gift of gab, a way of convincing others to do and think what I want them to, but even I have to admit, I am burdened with a short temper. A byproduct of growing up among street thugs and gang enforcers, I'm afraid. When I was running with the Bravos, if someone crossed me or my crew, I'd be the first in line to snap them in two. But once I joined the Church of Many Tentacles, I've made a point to follow its tenets in an effort to be a little more neighborly and avoid such unpleasantness when I can. The Church has given me the one thing I never could find with the Bravos. A family that actually gives a damn about each other. So, if keeping a cool head and giving folk the benefit of the doubt is what it takes to be a part of this family, well, that don't seem half bad. Still, every once in a while, someone needs to be put in their place, and, well, sometimes I just can't help myself. Ending the world didn't go as planned. There was a great explosion, and you expected oblivion. However, you woke up to find yourself thrown clear from the blast and the world a little worse for wear, but still here. Somehow, the Church of Many Tentacles had failed Aralax. Realizing the danger you were in staying in Charter Hall near the ruins of Gyan Park, the trees still standing on their moats, you know you have to get out of there. And so you do. You scramble away, bruised, battered, bloodied. You all slowly make your way back to Radich's tea and tea accessories. The only place you know for certain is still a friendly locale. Brother Dirkman, you arrive first to find the door fortuitously unlocked as there was no need to lock it. It was supposed to be the end of the world. And you stumble in to the tea shop lined with drawers and doilies. It's just a just a really pleasant place. Uh, and what do you do? Dirkman bursts through the door, closes it behind him, uh, starts kind of getting his breath together. Uh, he's going to run to the uh, behind the uh, counter and start rummaging through the drawers. And uh, he's he, surely somewhere Brother Theodore has left something stronger than tea here. There has to be like some kind of at least mushroom wine or something, right? So he's going to try and, and just like find something to drink. Brother Theodore, is there any sort of stronger substance in the front of your tea in the front of your tea shop? 
underneath the register for particularly stressful days, there is a very fine bottle of ginger ale. <laughs> As you find this um, dusty bottle of ginger ale tucked under the, the counter, Dirkman, um, the cheery bell that means that the door has opened rings uh, just the most beautiful chime you could think of. And Brother Dub stumbles in. My ears are still ringing from the explosion. I can't quite hear just yet. It was just the bells on the door, Dub. What? <laughs> do do you do you have like any kind of liquor or anything or anything on? Are you? Sorry, I'm still kind of freaking out just a little bit. Um, uh, Dirkman's gonna uh, pop the cap on this ginger ale and roll his eyes a little bit and chug the whole thing. Okay. I watch in awe as he slams the whole bottle of emergency ginger ale in one gulp. Yeah, that didn't help at all. Awesome. Uh, oh. uh, and that doorbell chimes again, and Brother Gok almost runs into you, uh, Brother Deb, as he, he comes in from the panicked streets outside. I have a, a notebook clutched tightly to my chest. Uh, my eyes are darting back and forth. Uh, shivering and shuddering and uh, nonverbal, I crash into uh, Dub and Dirkman uh, and stagger back into a seat where I just kind of sit there, um, wide-eyed, panicked, looking around like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No kidding, no kidding. <sighs> okay, let's just let's breathe. Let's breathe through it. Are you okay? Are you hurt? Are you okay? I saw it. You saw you saw you saw what, Gok? I saw everything. I saw nothing. I know, I know. It was a lot. Is there any ginger ale? <laughs> uh Dirkman takes the bottle and, and, and shakes like just the, the very dregs of it and gives gives it to gives it to Gok. I'm sorry. I yeah. I want to say, can you believe that's all he had? But of course, that's all he had. Uh, Gok, t- I tip the like the last drops of uh, ginger ale uh, like a dying boy in the desert. <laughs> and Sister Morgan, you walk in. So I burst in and uh, I stop for a second. I'm in frantic looking and I look and I see the three of you and I go, Oh, you're still here. Of course you're still here. Everything's still here. I'm sorry. Did I not understand the point of that little meeting we just had? Wasn't everything supposed to be gone, recycled by the great mini tentacle god? I mean, what the hell is going on here? What happened? Where's Theodore? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. I uh, I was the first one here. He, uh, he's not. He's not. He's not here. He's not here. It's certainly possible he was torn asunder by the great force which manifested in the center of Jan Park. Oh, oh, great. Oh, so Brother Theodore's just ripped to shreds? Then what are we supposed to do now? What, just go restart? Like, how does this happen? I, th- I thought we did everything right. I thought everything was planned out smoothly, and now you're telling me that everything's still here, and what, everyone's dead, including Theodore? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did everything I could. It wasn't me. I didn't. I didn't fuck it up. I, I spent months learning that fucking song. Okay, I I, <laughs> I, even, I even paid for the Doom Cordian. I I got everything prepared. I did everything right. I don't know who fucked up, but it wasn't me. I double and triple checked everything twice before we even started. So don't look at me. 
I know my work. Upon seeing Brother Gok uh, uh, hurt by my words, I, 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 I simmer down just a little bit, and I, I rub my temple, and then I reach into my jacket and pull out a flask, <sighs> and I see the, the thirst in Dirkman's eyes, and I pop it open and hand it to him first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He takes a healthy swig. It's okay. D- Gawk, Is it, it okay? W- oh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. Sister Morgan said it's okay. It wasn't you, I say, shooting daggers at Dirkman with my eyes. It wasn't you, Gawk. Sister Daphne must have made a mistake. Or or Brother Philip. Or even Theodore, if he's torn asunder. Something went wrong, but it wasn't you, Gawk. You you were just there to, to as backup, right? I, I was... Holding the book open for Sister Daphne when she disintegrated. Uh, so you you actually saw what happened because I just I kind of went dark and then woke up two blocks off to the side, uh, my head spinning and ringing. Uh, what what did you see, Gok? What happened? <laughs> uh, Gok's eyes go kind of glassy as uh, as uh, it looks like he's reliving uh, the most horrible thing he's ever seen and. Uh, he like reaches up and like and like paws at your shoulder and is like darkness, oblivion, horrible, beauty. I, I go there, 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 and I pull him into a hug and then I look over his shoulder at the other two and I go, I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> what does it even mean? <laughs> I look. Here's my question. Dirkman says as he as he passes the flask to Morgan, "Are we just are we left behind?" Did it work and we just didn't join everyone? Is is everyone else one with the many tentacle god and we're just still stuck here on this shit planet? No, it was supposed to end the planet. It was supposed to restart everything, not just take people away. That can't have been it. Unless I've, I woefully misunderstood the intentions of the church. Maybe we misunderstood the text. I mean, that's always possible. We just misinterpreted it. Or somebody did. I do wish Brother Theodore was here. He... He knows those texts backwards and forwards, and he has the strongest interpretation of Aralax's will that I've ever seen. Uh, speaking of Brother Theodore, Theodore, you woke up after the explosion a little disappointed on a park bench nearby, uh, just very comfortably sitting. And uh, you needed a couple of moments with your thoughts, so you decided to take a, a nice little stroll, just casual, like uh, eventually making your way back to the tea shop. Uh, how long does this little stroll take you? I, I take some time to admire the irradiated trees of Giant Park, then think better of hanging around what is clearly a disaster zone, and uh, I will sort of meander my way back to the tea shop. Uh, maybe an hour and a half. So the, the chaos and uncertainty in the tea shop continues for quite some time. And then just as you all are almost coming to blows over whose fault it may be, the the front door to Radich's Teas and Tea Accessories tinkles one more time uh, and in walks Brother Theodore. Oh, you guys all made it. Brother Theodore. Brother Theodore. Brother Theodore. Thank goodness you're here. I I step away from Dirkman. He and I were basically nose to nose shouting at each other. Well, golly, that did not go as planned, huh, guys? <laughs> it sure didn't. It sure didn't, did it? Uh, and I will head back behind the register. I'll take a minute to collect my collect myself. 
And you know what? Yeah, I, I will go for that emergency bottle of ginger ale today. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is not there. Ah, oh, well, isn't it just a day? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Brother Theodore. I have to admit, I, 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 I drank most of it. I was actually looking for something a little bit stronger. Thank goodness for Sister Morgan here. Well, I guess we should probably leave Duskwall. Yeah, that that is what we were what we were saying. We we don't they got to be looking for for anyone involved and while, you know, we do a decent job of keeping our meetings clandestine, I I'm I am afraid that eventually the evidence might point to us. Unfortunately, it's tough to imagine a scenario where they they look for anyone else uh, given enough time. So does anyone have any thoughts on how to get out of the city? Uh, I'm I'm really open to all suggestions. There's no bad ideas. We're just sort of brainstorming here. Well, I got I got a decent amount saved away. We could we could maybe get a, a train ticket or two and then smuggle the rest of us in. Uh. I happened to walk by the train station uh, on my way back. I don't think that's going to be possible. There were an awful lot of blue coats there. I mean, I I may still have some friends at the docks. Maybe we could hire a ship. Uh, also, wait, Sister Morgan, what are you doing with money? We're supposed to get rid of all of our all of our earthly possessions before the ritual. It's credit at the table, sweetie. Can't donate that to charity, can you? That's, that's, I think that's bending the rules. I don't know. That's very suspect. I'm just... Oh, I, I'm sorry, Brother Dirkman. Are are you suggesting that all of this has something to do with my credit at the card tables? That is preposterous. You're going to tell me the mini tentacle god and all of his strength and wisdom is going to come into this world and go, mm, nope, that little lady there, she could walk into a place and earn some money and then just walk away, tearing apart all of our cult? Is that what you're saying, Dirkman? I'm saying it's possible if everything else was done right and that's the one little tiny little slip-up that caused this problem, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, that is exactly what I'm saying. Maybe it might have something to do with us still being fucking alive here. Dub gets a piece of paper and uh, a pen and just starts drawing on it uh, while everyone's fighting and arguing. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, look, let's go ahead and take it to Theodore. Theodore, I'm so sorry. Did I just kill our entire cult? Because that seems to be what Dirkman's insinuating while standing dangerously within arm's reach of me. You know, the scriptures are are numerous as the many tentacled gods tentacles. There's there's certainly room for some some interpretations. And as much as we studied the texts, it's entirely possible that we missed something. Yes. All right. Way to stick to your guns, brother. Thank you for your holy guidance. Very helpful. You know, Dirkman, I think maybe you're not genuine in that. Thank you. <laughs> Got it. What? What are you doing, Dub? What? What? What did you get? Uh, Dub spreads out the parchment across the uh, counter. I can make a device to get us through the lightning barrier on the outskirts and we can just slip away. It's going to take a little bit of time to get the components, but it's going to be our stealthiest option. Into the Deadlands? Yes. Brother Dub, you know I have the utmost respect for you and your creative capabilities. I'm not doubting you at all. I think you are great at what you do. 
I don't think that our escape should be contingent on a plan that you just scribbled on a tea napkin. Um, I think maybe we should have something just a, just a little more solid. Please don't make me walk into the Deathlands. You know, it is just a shame that uh, Sister Daphne and Brother Philip didn't make it. Well, I don't know, actually. Either way, for us personally, it's a shame that they didn't make it. Uh, I They had... I know for some time been working on a plan in case our church was ever discovered and, and persecuted. Gosh, if we just had Daphne's notebook. Uh, what? Oh, oh. I, I like wordlessly like shake around the book that I've been clutching to my chest this whole time. D- what is it, Gok? What is it? What are you saying? <laughs> I, that's, I have, I have, I was holding when, okay, when I was acting, as assistant ritualist, I was holding the book, and when I woke up, I still had it. Oh, um, hey, uh, give it here. <laughs> I, I do so. And I, I flip through Daphne's notebook uh, and find the page detailing the arcane gate that Daphne and Philip had been working on as a sort of break glass in case of discovery. Yeah, you you flip to the page. Uh, it's uh, written in script older than um, certainly older than anyone uh, that was previously in the cult, and certainly older than anyone currently in the cult. Uh, and then there are some newer side notes between Sister Daphne and uh, Brother Philip about the efficacy and um, vagaries of this particular gate ritual. I imagine we all like kind of huddle around the book and look at it. Can anyone actually read that? Because if no, we're kind of fucked. <laughs> I, I, I can. Well, go on then. Oh, you, you, you want me to do it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just volunteer yourself. Come on, Gok. We talked about this. Uh, a ritual to enter the lands of death. Find a place of life and death. A breath of air. A drop of water, a mote of earth, a gout of fire, a pound of flesh. Each in turn from north to west, say the words, one for one, then the sojourn will be done. Yeah, that sounds pretty straightforward. Who wants to make a trip to the night market? Not helping, Dirkman. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. Listen, it's obvious tensions are high. I'm gonna uh, put on a pot of a uh, soothing mushroom tea. That's great work, Gawk. I think it's safe to say uh, you're no longer assistant ritualist. You're the head ritualist of the Church of Many Tentacles now. Uh, I, I don't know if... I, I, I appreciate it. I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of responsibility. Hey, congratulations for the promotion, Gawk. I'm really proud oh, of you. You, do, you, but you are I, great. Good job, buddy. I, um... Uh, I, like, look to Morgan pleadingly. Honey... I don't think any of us have a choice about a lot of things right now. It's time to step up, dear. You got this. You think so? Well, of course. We all believe in you, Gawk. Okay. I'll do it. Great. You kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hang on. Uh, there's a note in the margins. Uh, For emergencies only, error will end all who partake. I mean, that seems par for the course, I suppose. We all dodged death in, in one failed ritual, you know? Why not go two for two? Great, I'll just have to do this 
perfectly cool. <laughs> so uh, Theodore puts on a pot of tea and you all discuss um, how you're going to get what are presumably the um, things you need for the ritual. You think probably these things can't just be found at the night market, though that would be convenient if they could. What do you think it it means by by find a place of life and death? Was that like a hospital? That's that was exactly my first thought. I was thinking of uh, a cemetery with a garden, maybe. But hospital's very good. It's clearly open to interpretation. And and then these these things uh sh- surely it's not just get some water light a candle and chop off a finger yeah a finger doesn't weigh a pound yeah, yeah. <laughs> gawk do you have any uh any notion as to what kind of arcane items these might be or where we might begin looking for something like that my first thought is demons i really don't want it to be demons it's all right i can protect you from the demons gawk it'll be okay no. You don't... Do you know any demons? I shift uncomfortably in my seat. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean... No, I, you, you know... F- I understand. Full, full blood. 100% demons. Yeah. God, you're smooth. <laughs> uh, you could, if you like, uh, roll study or attune, um, whichever you think... Uh, would fit your methods best. A tune will get you the sort of um, ghosty sense and like feelings from the ritual, uh, kind of giving you sort of like a gut feeling guidance. Um, and study will give you a more intellectual approach. Oh yeah, I I was I was gonna study for sure. Uh, okay, yeah, you can go ahead and roll that. I have a six. Great. Well, I think the first one goes north, and then the second one goes east, and the third one goes south, and the fourth one goes west, but there's five. Maybe one goes in the center, but the but west has to be the last one. Ah, uh, frick. Heck, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so as you study, uh, I will create a clock, uh, which is deciphered. Six portions, and uh, with your six, have figured out two whole things. One of them is is that all of these elements are malleable as long as they fit the description. However, you definitely know that um, it's not looking for a breath of air and a, a drop of water and a moat of earth. These are representative of other things sort of like an elevated version of these things. And you realize that um, the breath of air is most likely a ghost. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, So normally just regular air wouldn't be enough for a ritual, but I think these are all inherently arcane things, in which case the humor i would associate with the breath of air would probably be a spirit i mean which is great right they're all over the place right yeah but what happens to the spirit after the ritual happens uh you think it's probably destroyed yeah you know we'll just be doing the spirit warden's job for him you know 
Uh, and the time sensitive portion of this is that you need, you think you need an unadulterated spirit. So a brandy new one. And we need it freshly dead. I don't think feral's going to work here. Great. So we just got to kill somebody. Let's make sure they're an asshole. Yeah. So, so when a spirit first rises out of a, a corpse and that's sometimes within a couple days it, it, you can never guess when it's going to happen it's, it's, it's sometimes referred to in arcane circles as that spirit's breath so we got to get it then right then maybe we hit up a morgue then if it takes a couple days that was my thoughts exactly the only thing is we'll have competition you know lots of people are looking for fresh spirits right including the spirit wardens. Then maybe they can do some of the legwork for us. Maybe we should ask around, find out who's got a, a line on a, a potential uh, spirit heist, and we just take it from underneath them. I might know a guy. Go on. Oh, yeah. Um, there's just a guy I, I, I work for sometimes, and, you know, he, you know we, t we talk. His name's Flint. He's a spirit trafficker. It's kind of what he does. Well, look at you, head ritualist. You got this all figured out already. Uh, <laughs> Gawk turns bright red. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to head over to uh, Flint's, and he is located in the uh, Dunslow Ghetto. He is probably the richest man there. Um, he has sort of an underground, literal underground sort of like fortification where, that, where he keeps all of his uh, spirits and uh, accoutrement to catch spirits below the sort of quote-unquote filth of the city. And uh, you, you come here pretty often because he is uh, your uh, therapist as well as uh, your sometime employer as well as one of the best spirit traffickers in the city. I got to swing by the card hall, I say, looking at Dirkman a little uh, pointedly, uh, to cash out uh, my credit so that should we need to uh, pay someone off, we have something at our disposal. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness you held out. I was actually also thinking that maybe all of us shouldn't go to one place that's not here particularly often. There were just an awful lot of blue coats looking around Giant Park, and, and who knows who may have seen us. Um, I was actually thinking I would go see my friend Salia while you go see the spirit trafficker, Gawk. She's an information broker. I, I don't want to go alone, though. I'll go with you. You'll be all right. So it takes you quite a bit of time to get all the way to Dunslow uh, because you can't cut through the center of the city uh, because it is filled with blue coats as there was recently a giant explosion there of unknown origin. Um, so you have to head through the night market and then Coleridge uh, to cross the bridge into Dunslow. So I guess we'll come back to you as you're traveling through the city. Sister Morgan, you wanted to go to the your your favorite haunt to cash out? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go over to the cashier there. I'll say, how is it going, Dietrich? Uh, I'd like to uh, uh, cash out, as it were, for the time being. I'll be back. I'll give him a wink. C cash out? Yeah, that is uh, the words I said. Now get to doing the action I'm implying. Uh, 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 oh, oh, okay, yes, um... Just, uh, I, I just have to get, that's a lot, 
of coin. Um, I just I know have to get I had some pretty good luck as of late. I, I, I just I just have to go get some uh, uh, approval. Um, just just a, just a minute. Oh, so, you do what you got to do, honey. Now just make it quick. I'm a busy woman. And uh, he nods and uh, leaves the cashier's area, like shuts the window, and uh, it takes like not a suspicious amount of time, but it does take a couple of minutes, maybe like almost fifteen. Uh, for somebody to come out to you, it is not Dietrich, uh, and they have a large amount of a uh, coin with them. Hello, Miss Morgan. Thank you so much for stopping by today. Uh, is there any way that we could encourage you to uh, keep your credit here? We'd we'd love to host a, a private game for you in the back, or um, a free stay in our lodgings. Of course, anytime. Oh wow, that is incredibly generous. I'm sorry, I did not catch your name. Ramira Scannon. Ramira, it is a pleasure to meet you. I'm so surprised we haven't crossed paths before. I can assure the establishment that I will be back. I just have some uh, the potential of some unforeseen purchases coming up, and I like to be a little flush for negotiations. You know how it is. Of course, of course. Could we encourage you to um, just keep a little bit of credit at the tables? We, we would love to see you back here so soon. There's no need for any kind of encouragement. I'll be back, and that's all we need to say on it. It looks like you got my money there. I'd be happy to take it. Of course, it is your money. It is indeed. She hands you the coin and like sort of like is reticent to let it go, but then like lets it go for you. Thank you so much for your patronage. Of course, I will be returning. Thank you. And you, the look on her face as you turn away is something like, fuck. <laughs> I cannot wait to come back to... Open welcome arms as they need this money real bad. <laughs> uh, I now have four coin in my inventory. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Theodore, you uh, head over to uh, Brightstone uh, as it is the second day of the week and Salia can be found there. Uh, paying a penance at um, the Sanctorum. Uh, today, she is... A tall man in a top hat, uh, kneeling in the very back row of of the of the main nave. Brother Brother Theodore uh, knows that this is where Salia always is on the second day of the week, regardless of what body she may be inhabiting at the moment. I will, as is custom, uh, approach and, and kneel beside her and wait for her to say that it is fine for us to converse. Hello, darling. Hello, Salia. What is it that I may help you with? Well, some things have run into a few obstacles, and I was hoping you might have some information for me uh, about what those obstacles might be and, and how I might go around them. <laughs> Well, as far as I've heard, they're not sure exactly who perpetrated that Big Bang and are looking for suspects. Reports of tentacles have repeatedly been given to the Blue Coats, so they are looking for someone with eldritch inclinations. As far as other things that I may know, I... As you well know, don't give something for nothing. 
Well, I am unfortunately a bit short on coin, Salia, but I know that you are much more interested in adding some information to your web. And I would be happy to fill in some blanks for you because I know uh, discretion is your utmost priority. And we've always had just a wonderful friendship and I can count on you to tell me what I need to know without getting me or my friends into some hot water. Of course, darling. Salia, we may have um, gone and got it all tangled when we tried to usher in the end times. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that is a juicy bit of information. You know, uh, there are rumors that that was happening. Just little inklings. I didn't think you, Theodore, would be the one perpetrating that. That's interesting. I'm glad you find it interesting. There are a handful of us left trying to uh, find some items that will facilitate us leaving Duskwall as I don't think the city will be friendly to our faith anymore. I'm not sure it ever was. We just didn't know. I can't believe you've kept such a secret from me, darling. I thought you might object to the end times bit. As I see it, if the end times happen and I don't know they're coming, how do I know when to have fun for the last time? You know what? That's a good point. I apologize, Salia. I should have been more upfront with you. That's that one's on me. <laughs> so I have a bit of tidbits for you. I don't know how many that uh, you are left. A uh, handful is amorphous, but I do know there's at least one other. Mm. I also know that. All of the lightning barriers have been put to full strength, and I know that all traffic in and out has been stopped. And the bridges, as soon as they cease the immediate cleanup over, over in poor Charter Hall, uh, will uh, be monitored. You're going to need to grease some palms. That is some very helpful information, Salia. I live to serve. Thank you so much. And I will, um, I will in as much detail without like reciting the ritual for her, <laughs> fill her in on what we're looking for and see if she has any ideas of, of things that may be acquirable that fit the bill. I will work on it, darling, but, uh, you'll owe me a favor. That seems fair. And, uh, that will tick one mark on the out of favors clock which now is has two ticks in it and has six more to go. Before we head on over to Dunslow, Dub, uh, what, are, what are you up to? Well, I don't really have any contacts that could help us find a breath of air that, like what we're searching for now. Uh, so perhaps I should stay back and mine the tea shop. And by that, I mean draw up plans that I have in my head, not related to the ritual, just <laughs> just in general. Okay, so uh, you mind the tea shop. It's a quiet day. You only get two regulars. Everyone else seems to be staying inside as there's been a giant explosion in town. And uh, you get out your uh, sketchbook made of eel parchment and uh, just just uh, sketch, sketch out some cool, fun plans uh, for later or maybe not. You just got to get them out of your head. Uh, okay. 
Dirkman and Gawk heading to Dunslow to see Flint. You descend the, um, what looks like um, what used to be like a mushroom cavern that gives way to a, a, a stone and mortar cellar uh, and uh, which is draped in sort of like red cloths um, with wooden shelves on one side, giving it an eerie glow because it's just a bunch of full spirit bottles. There's a cool ghosty just hanging out in the corner. Uh, It looks like they were having a conversation, Flint and this ghost. Uh, And when you walk in, uh, the ghost sort of makes a harumph kind of noise and and floats away, almost passing through you, but is more polite than that. (gasps) It's all right. All right. You're okay. It's not going to bother you. Just pretend it's not there. Uh Hey, hey, Flint. Oh, hello, hello. Coming for a session. No, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's not why I'm here. That's not why I come here, Dirkman. Um, I that's not why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, why do you feel the need to cover that up? I I said I just that's not why I'm here. So we'll talk about it later. Okay, please. <laughs> All right, but we did talk about this. You keep that in mind. Yeah. Okay. It's billable. Okay. Fine. So uh, you're not here for your uh, session. So uh, what are you here for, love? We need a spirit, and we need it fresh. So uh, and I, I know I know your offerings are, are very high quality, but I, I mean, like, from the source, like, first breath fresh. Okay. So uh, find a nobody and uh, just uh, get them yourself. Well, you see, that that's the problem, is that that is not a very neighborly thing to do. It's really not, no. And that's just not the way we operate. Well, then, uh, what can I do for you? And he walks behind sort of the chaise lounge that looks like might actually surface as his, like, bed slash uh, therapist couch. Um, <laughs> and uh, goes behind a, a, a standing desk and um, pulls out a couple of scrolly type things and flattens them out. You're not sure if they're blueprints or if they're uh, some sort of rituals or, or exactly what. And then he goes, ah, yeah. So wh- you're looking for uh, fresh breath. I get it. I don't want to know what for, but you're going to talk to me about it later. And then he kind of like bats at his head with like the heel of his palm and goes, oi, stop it. And then... Uh, and uh, his eyes like flash for just like a second, the weirdest off color of like green. And then he goes, sorry, sorry, nothing to worry about here. Mm. Keep moving on with your business, Flint. All right. So I got what you need here. Here's a lovely little thing. Uh, we'll we'll just coax that spirit right on out of that body. And I know you're not the loud type. Mostly sneaking. That's true, yes. So this this little thing uh, is called the screaming last breath. So uh, it'll rip that, that, that ghosty right out of that dead body. So all we got to do is find a dead body with, uh, with a ghosty still in it, take it to a nice, quiet place, and rip that screaming breath right out. Thank you. That, yes, that's, that'll work. We can work with that. That's good. Now, 
I'm guessing you're not just going to give this to us, right? Oh, you're a smart man. You are? Yeah. Yeah, mm. I know how this works. So I've got two things. One, I got a little ghosty in my head who's been giving me some trouble, needs to make it to the south end of Charter Hall. And I'm not inclined to go there, seeing as it's covered in blue coats. Or I'll take two coin. I don't have two coin. You have two coin, Gok? Oh, um, you know, I got rid of all my coin. Me too. Huh. It's almost like we followed the instructions. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, if you if you wouldn't mind uh uh le- leaving the room just for a moment, I think I can I think I can talk him into it. Money is a sensitive subject for some people. So uh if you know Brock Gork needs a little bit of time to to convince me otherwise, I'll let him. Uh, all right. Well, I'll be right. Also respecting his boundaries and whatnot. Also, <laughs> you your sarcasm has a lot of going on. If you ever want to talk about it, got good rights. Yeah, I've heard sarcasm is just anger coming out sideways, Dirkman. Really? It's coming out sideways? Because I'm trying to get it full forward. Maybe you could help me with that. That would be <laughs> very helpful. Um, you talk with your person. Uh, I will be down the cavern if you need me. Just give me a holler, okay, Gok? Yeah, of course. Of course. Thank you. And walks away. Yeah, uh, uh, here, here you go, Flint. And I give him two coin. <laughs> <laughs> One day you're af- going to have to come clean to to your little friendos. So uh, we're going to talk about it. You're going to come see me this week. Okay. Yeah, promise. I'll be back. I, I promise I'll be back. I okay. Thank you. Always a pleasure doing business. Likewise, and he, Flint. And he like flaps on his head again. Like, stop it. Stop. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure I'll help you with that when I come in. All right. See you then. Also get out. Oh, bye. I scurry out. So you have your it's not quite a ritual. It looks like it's uh I mean it is a ritual, but it's not a long term ritual. It's just very loud and uh only has one setting, which is rip the ghost. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe if we find the right person, we this could be like, you know, helping the elderly, right? As in, like, putting a, an old person's spirit to rest? Is that what you're interpreting this yeah, as? Yeah, yeah, that. I can see that, sure, yeah. Uh, hopefully, Brother, De- Brother Theodore will agree. So you all head back to the tea shop? Oh, yes. Yep. So everyone returns to the shop, and uh, everybody shares all of their intel? Question mark. Yep. And and did he didn't have a line on on a, a potential body to rip said soul from? No. He just he just told us to find a body. I mean, I guess that's we just have to find a body with a ghost still in it. Which I don't know. Depending on where we are, shouldn't be too difficult. Or we can just kill somebody. That's that's. Well, you know that would be an easier way to go about it. But uh, I... yeah, it seems like perhaps a morgue is going to be our best shot. Gosh, I really, I really think it would be not great for us to kill someone just to forcibly rip the ghost out of their body. Dirkman. I know, I know. It's just so much easier. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just so much easier. Anything worth doing is is worth taking the time to do it right and without a murder. That's <laughs> that's very that's very wise and very neighborly of you, brother Theodore. Uh, 
Icker bless you, brother Theodore. You're 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 right. I know you are. I'm just I'm still a little stressed after our failed ritual. It's understandable. I think we can all agree that was disappointing. Yes, extremely. But we've got a plan to get out of the city and start over. It turns out there's another of our church seems to have survived the catastrophe. And we've got a ritual to get a ghost very fresh without killing that person first. Things are looking up. Do we know who it is survived? Uh, Salia did not know. I wouldn't think anybody would have a reason to betray us, so hopefully they will find us eventually. Hopefully we find them before the blue coats do, assuming the blue coats haven't already. Hey, by the way, uh, Brother Gawk, do we owe Flint any favors or Oh <laughs> no, no. I I took care of it. I just I just talked him. I, I just talked him into it. I'm going to help him out after he helps me overcome my uh, horrific trauma this week. <laughs> my eyebrow raises as my internal lie detector goes off. And I just I just look at Gawk. I don't call him out in front of everybody, but I make a mental note to talk to him about it later. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad somebody has caught on to your, to your shining personality, Gawk. That's good. That's good. <laughs> All right, well then let's uh, pick one of the morgues and uh, see what we have to get through to get it. Yeah, who's got a favorite morgue? So there is a morgue in every district. Uh, it is uh, kind of the body repository of the newly dead so that the spirit wardens can um, control anything that may be happening with uh, said ghosty if the body can't reach the bellwether crematorium um, before before the its its ghost is set free um, from the body. So uh, there's like a little spirit ward warden enclave uh, in ev- like I said in every district. So there's one here in six towers. Uh, there's also uh, one uh the the second closest one uh to you would be uh the one in the night market well actually technically the closest one is the one in charter hall uh but i assumed since you recently blew up a good portion of charter hall uh that that wouldn't be the one you'd want to go to uh but again you have your choice uh so do you guys have an idea of how far you'd like to travel for any of the morgues i think Far away enough from the tea shop that it doesn't bring down increased attention in this district, but not so far that if we have to run, we're running for a very long time. How about Coleridge? Yeah, I'm familiar with Coleridge. There's definitely a quiet place we can find or a place loud enough that nobody will notice a scream. Yeah, the, the Coleridge is industrial, so there might be maybe heavy machinery. All right, well, let's all rest up. And in the morning... Let's go steal a ghost. Uh, Okay, so it sounds like you guys have all the info. Uh, Let's move on into the score. So you guys get to choose a method by which you're going to try and complete this score. Uh, There is assault, deception, stealth, occult, social, and transport. It sounds like the most relevant are deception or stealth. There, there could also, yeah, there could also be an, an occult way of doing it if we're like faking a death, for example. I do like the idea of, of faking someone's death and sending them in and then they can let the rest of us in. How kind of you to volunteer, Gok? 
uh, well, I mean, I'm going to need someone to be in orderly. Probably someone who can talk their way in. I do look good in scrubs. I'll do that. Uh, okay, so um, if this is uh, if you're taking the occult method, um, what is your uh, arcane approach? I can possibly brew something up, or I know an apothecary that probably be much safer. But on the bright side, if it did fail, you'd really sell it. <laughs> huh? You probably don't think that's as funny. I'm still learning. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you're going to uh, use some of your like arcane implements to to create a a death like sleep for Brother Gawk. What it what does it look like, and how does it interact with him? One of the perks of working in a tea shop is you have plenty of ingredients you can work with to cover up the taste. Unfortunately, it just makes it taste like tea and gross. (laughs) So in proper tradition of the Church of Many Tentacles, it's a very thick, black, bubbly concoction that that lowers your heart rate and is making you pale. And lasts long enough to get in, get out, maybe an hour or two. So uh, the engagement roll. Um, Let's start with one die for sheer luck. Uh, this is a particularly bold plan, uh, as you're maybe killing your, um, friend, um, and then also going up against a spirit warden in a place that is, has a propensity for ghosts. It's, is a little bit, uh, contingent on the fact that there's only one or two spirit wardens there and that they are gullible. Um, so we'll take away a die, but uh, it does expose a vulnerability as they have to take Gok's body. There's no real choice about that. Do you guys have any friends uh, or contacts that may help you in this endeavor? I do have my apothecary friend, Stacia. Sure. She can definitely help you out with the whole um, let's not poison Gok to death. So I'm, I'm down for that. Uh there are some enemies, though they're not specifically against you, which just, you know, always trying to nab them ghosts. So, so I think you're just rolling two dice and we're going to take the highest and see what happens. So uh, you guys are in a risky position. You're going head to head against the spirit wardens and other potential threats for uh, a ghost uh, a fresh, a fresh ghost. So, um, Gok is uh, weirdly pale, and you're not sure a hundred percent if he's dead. Um, he might just be dead, Morgan, as you are have have found a, a spare, quote unquote, uh, spirit warden outfit and uh, are now wheeling Gok's dead old body down the hallway. And hopefully this contraption to rid him of the uh, the Icker potion will, in fact, work, and everything will be fine. Uh, so that's where we open. I'm already in the building. I made it past the front door. Yes. 
All right. So, uh, yeah, um, I push him back uh, towards, I have like a little map written on my hand, like go forward like 20 feet and turn right and then turn left uh, to get him into the, uh, into the morgue itself where most of the, most of the new arrivals are held before they're processed and uh, preserved and have their spirits pulled from them. So I just kind of go on in there and uh, I'm going to uh, kind of peek around, uh, see what the area is like, maybe find a place to lay low myself if there's a lot of bu- busyness around. It's not terribly busy at the moment. It seems like post-explosion, kind of everyone has been uh, laying low and not taking as many risky uh actions like going outside. That said, Coleridge is still pretty bustling. The uh, factories are still going. Uh, you did see two uh, spirit wardens uh, in the next room, in the in the um, extrication room, as it were, uh, working on uh, what looks like a resistant spirit. All right, but there's no one who seems like they're heading towards this room yet, right? Uh, not at the moment. It seems like any spare spirit wardens are uh, working on the charter hall problem. Fantastic. In that case, um, I will reach in uh, to my disguise and pull out uh, the vial that is supposed to resuscitate Brother Gawk, and I will pour that liquid down his throat and uh, stand back curious. Uh, yeah, so as you take out the vial, you see a little note attached to it that says, read me. Oh, uh, well, then I suppose I will do that. It looks like gobbledygook. And um, to read it with great effect, you will have to uh, either roll a tune or study. I, I open it up and I go, oh, Brother Dub, you couldn't have had Theodore write it. No one can read your chicken scratch. <laughs> And I roll a single die into a six, and I managed to <laughs> I managed to do it anyway, surprisingly, with my very low study. So it sounds uh, something along the lines of Klingon as you pour it into uh, uh, Gok's mouth and Klaatu uh, Barato Nikto. And uh, Gok, uh, you feel um, the... Uh, unpleasant feeling of the the icker being literally drawn from the sort of alveolar sacs of your lungs uh like being ripped out and uh and uh you he he spits it up uh and onto the floor in kind of this like puddle of like viscous fluid that sort of like just kind of like phlegm phlegmally just like so i open my eyes and i see like hovering above me uh Morgan's uh, ashy gray skin and red eyes in a halo of electroplasmic light. And I say, Morgan? And then I go, and I vomit (laughs) black goop all over the floor. (laughs) Oh, God, get a hold of yourself. Oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, there's so much of it. (laughs) All right, Gok, find a body. That has a spirit in it still. And uh, let's see if we can't get it out of here. Okay. This should be fine. I'll keep a lookout at the door while he does. So how are the how are the bodies stored in this morgue? So uh, this is the uh, brand new arrivals section. Um, so it's just a bunch of bodies on a bunch of gir- uh, gurneys. 
Okay. It's like six or seven of them kind of just like in a little row, taking up as much space as they can. It's actually pretty empty for a morgue recent arrivals. I can think of no better time to uh, uh, reach into my uh, reach under my cloak and pull out my fine spirit mask to attune to the ghost field and see if any of these bodies have ghosts what are still inside of them. When I put on my spirit mask, it has like a bulging third eye on the forehead. And when I wear it, it makes it so that I can't blink. So I I put that on and peer into the ghost field. Okay, go ahead and roll a tune. I have a five. So I'm uh, going to start a clock and it is called Hungry Ghosties. Uh, And it is a four clock. And I'm going to tick one talk. Uh, And you see that all of these uh, bodies, except the one on the end, curiously, have ghosts in them. And uh, they all look, as far as you can tell, relatively recent. Uh, Except for, like, there's one that, like, looks like a little, like, not so recent. It looks like it's been hanging out in this body for a while, but it's not its body. It really, like, doesn't match. Ooh, possessor. Ooh. Uh, do do any of them look elderly? <laughs> <laughs> yes. There are two that look elderly. One is the stale ghosty, and then the other is, like, uh, an older woman who who looks pretty, pretty old. Then, then I'm gonna like slowly be drawn over to the to the older woman, and then I'm gonna like whip around and like stare at Morgan because I can't be anything other than intense while I'm wearing the mask. And be like, this is the one. <laughs> I, I make a mistake. I've been peering out the door, and then I glance back casually, and I'm I didn't prepare myself to look at Gawk looking at me in his spirit mask, <laughs> which is something that I always find unsettling. So uh, I start a little bit when I turn. I'm like, oh, God, that's right. Um, excellent. Uh, uh, help me get her on. Do you do you need to wear that the whole time now that we've we found her? Or can we just oh, put her on a gurney? N- no, sorry. Uh, I, I pull the spirit mask off and, um, yeah, we, we load her up. Uh, and I will use uh, one of my three load to, to say that I have my fine disguise kit with me. And um, I will I'll put a little disguise on Gawk so he doesn't look like the dead body that just rolled in uh, and then dress him in a spirit warden outfit as well. That does mean I'm going to have to wear my spirit mask. <laughs> right, of course, because I didn't think to bring you a fake spirit mask, so you can just use the real one. That's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> and I start. Yeah, I'll just I'll just. Put it back on. It's... Yep. Mm, and I try not to <laughs> look at him looking at me. <laughs> And then we can load this body up on this gurney and uh, hopefully start making our way towards uh, some kind of exit that is unobserved where we can reconvene with our team and move on to the next part of this heist. Uh, yeah, uh, there are people in the morgue that are not the spirit wardens who are, you know, general intake or janitors or whatever. Uh, and I'm going to need you both to roll consort. Uh, to see how well you can blend in. Let's do this as a group action, perhaps. Sounds good. I'll I'll lead it. Just just follow my lead, Gawkett. Let me do the talking. We're just gonna wheel it out. All right. Okay. Stand up straight. Spirit wardens have confidence. <laughs> I will use my foresight ability 
Um, it sure is a good thing that I have been sitting in this waiting room just talking to all of these people here and getting to know them and keeping them calm and getting a nice conversation going uh, this whole time so that when Gawk and Morgan come out with a body, there's no reason to pay any attention to them. And I will use this to assist Brother Gawk. Thanks, I'm going to need it. So I actually uh, rolled a three as my highest. Oh, I got a five. So I'm a little, I'm, I may be preening and trying to like correct Gawk a little too much. <laughs> Turns out he's more in his element amongst ghosty spirit people than I am. Uh, and, and because of that, since I am leading, I will take a stress for my own failure. Uh, so you're able to make it all the way out to the waiting room where Brother Theodore is uh, with this body. Uh, and as you enter the waiting room, a few uh, people who are all sitting together uh, stand up. It's a woman in her mid-40s and uh, uh, a boy in his late teens whose face is kind of like covered in in like ash and, and a little girl uh, who's maybe like nine. And uh, they all stand up and the, and the woman's kind of wringing her hands. Uh, they're definitely not like the poorest of people, but they're, they're lower working class. And the little girl cries out, Grandma? I snap. My head turns to, to look <laughs> at her. I... <laughs> she starts crying. Immediately, I look back away and look down at Grandma. And then, like, I slowly reach out and peel the sheet, like, back over her face. <laughs> uh, and, the, and the woman, uh, like, starts comfort comforting her, her daughter. Uh, presumably her daughter and uh, the the boy in his late teens comes over and is like, well, I I sit there. I'm wearing a, a creepy mask as well, but it's definitely less creepy than Gawk. So mm -hmm. um, I will try to look as confident as possible with my eyes, uh, which are glowing red. And I will say, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we we need to transport your your mother to uh, another facility to uh, prepare her for her funeral. So how about you make your way to the Bellwether Crematorium ahead of us? We have a couple, uh, a little bit of paperwork we have to fill out, and then we'll meet you there, and we can finish this nice and and peacefully. We we expected as much. Do you think that the that there's any of her left in there, or or do you think it's just the feral spirit? It's typically policy not to speculate on such a thing, but I'm feeling hopeful. Okay. Well, well. Thank you for the report and safe travels. That it was a nasty thing, but we we appreciate her sacrifice for us. She saved us. I heard she was a very kind and loving neighbor. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he goes back to his family. So yeah. So the the consequence of this is that. Uh, this spirit may be feral, but may not be feral. It There was some sort of altercation. And on that uh, revelation that you may have some proverbial spoiled meat, we will end the session and pick up with the rest of the score next episode. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. This series of the Essential NPCs podcast is based on Blades in the Dark, a product of 1-7 Design. 
developed and authored by John Harper and licensed for use by EMPC Productions under Creative Commons Attribution. For more information, go to www.bladesinthedark.com.